above my lip. But his lips were soft, like slugs, as if there was nothing behind to support them. As we walked away from the pier, he told us that he forgot his teeth at home, and then so as to prove that he was telling us the truth, he grinned at me, showing me his pink gums with cinnabar scars. He reeked of pine cologne, but a whiff redolent of rot and decay escaped his insides and penetrated the fragrant cloud. I hid my face in my mother's skirt. I heard his snorting chuckle. "'Can we please go back home?' I cried. Five. We walked up a dilapidated, sinuous road exuding heat. Uncle Julius's sandals clattered in the tranquilizing rhythm, and I felt sleepy. There was a dense, verdureless thicket alongside the road. Uncle Julius told us that there used to be so many poisonous snakes on it that people used to walk in tall rubber boots all the time, even at home, and snake bites were as common as mosquito bites. Everybody used to know how to slice off the bitten piece of flesh in a split second before the venom could spread. Snakes killed chickens and dogs. Once, he said, a snake was attracted by the scent of milk, so it curled up on the sleeping baby. And then someone heard of the mongoose, how it kills snakes with joy. And they sent a man to Africa, and he brought a brood of mongooses, and they let them loose on the island. There were so many snakes that it was like a paradise for them. You could walk for miles and hear nothing but the hissing of snakes and the shrieks of mongooses and the bustle and rustle in the thicket. But then the mongooses killed all the snakes and bred so much that the island became too small for them. Chickens started disappearing, cats also. There were rumors of rabid mongooses, and some even talked about monster mongooses that were the result of paradisiacal inbreeding. Now they were trying to figure out how to get rid of mongooses. So that's how it is, he said. It's all one pest after another, like revolutions. Life is nothing if not the succession of evils, he said, and then stopped and took a pebble out of his left sandal. He showed the puny gray pebble to us, as if holding irrefutable evidence that he was right. 6. He opened the gate, and we walked through a small, orderly garden with stout tomato stalks like sentries alongside the path. His wife, he pointed her out to us, stood in the courtyard, her face like a loaf of bread with a small tubby potato in the middle, arms akimbo, her calves full of bruises and blood vessels on the verge of bursting, ankles swollen. She was barefoot. Her big toes were crooked, taking a sudden turn as if backing away in disgust from each other. She enveloped my head with her palms, twisted my head upward, and then put her mouth over my mouth, leaving a thick layer of warm saliva, which I hastily wiped off with my shoulder. Aunt Lyudmila was her name. 7. I clambered, dragging a bag full of plastic beach toys after my sprightly parents, up a concrete staircase on the side of the house, with sharp stair edges and pots of unconcerned flowers, like servants with candles on the banister side. 8. The room was fragrant with lavender, mosquito spray poison, and clean, freshly ironed bedsheets. There was an aerial picture of a winding island, Liette, it said, in the lower right corner, and a picture of Comrade Tito, 
smiling black and white on the opposite wall. Below the window the floor was dotted with mosquitoes, with a large green-glittering fly or a bee here and there, still stricken by the surprise. When I moved toward them, the wisp caused by my motion made them ripple away from me as if retreating, wary of another surprise. 9. I lay on the bed, listening to the billowing curtain flaps, looking at the picture of Mnet. There were two oblong lakes touching each other at the top of the picture island, and on one of those lakes there was another island. 10. I woke up, and the night was rife with the cicada hum, perpetual as if it were the hum of the island engine. They were all sitting outside, around the table underneath the shroud of vine twisting up the lattice. There was a long-necked carafe.